I'm Dr. Lara Devgan. I'm a plastic surgeon in New York City, the CEO of Scientific Beauty, and of course, a major beauty enthusiast. You are listening to Beauty Bosses, where we chat with fellow industry leaders who are shaping beauty, fashion, wellness, and all things pretty. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited about today's episode of Beauty Bosses with the beautiful Sarah Foster. This is so wild seeing you. I'm very starstruck. I'm so starstruck, too. Because I've been following. We've never met, but I've been following you on Instagram. But we're besties on Instagram. We're besties on Instagram. I've DM'd you multiple times asking what I need to do to my face. And I always say nothing. (laughs) You're completely perfect. And she's very perfect in person, I have to tell you guys. I know it's podcasts are more audio but she's very beautiful and well I'll have to take a picture I have you know I haven't slept much but thank you I'll take it from you and we were just saying that at this very moment your sister is mm-hmm. podcasting with my friend which I didn't know yeah I didn't know you across just town I know Erin doesn't tell me these things oh really which podcast is she doing um Nellie Diamond does a podcast called um one quick thing we should FaceTime them in. We should. We're going to do a quadruple podcast. Today. They're not having as much fun as we are, but you never know. Um, so we are so, I'm so happy to have you here because we were just talking before we started the podcast about a very important topic. I spend hours talking about things like this. Um, so welcome well, to Well, we were talking life. about a lot. We were talking lasers, lasers Botox, Botox, balancing children. Eyebrows. Eyebrows. Um, but I could spend like an hour talking about eyebrows, but we were saying that, what kind of eyebrow do you think okay. is the prettiest eyebrow? So every doctor I've ever seen, from dermatologist to plastic surgeon, you know, I'm, I'm obsessed because I have, I have a very low brow. I've had a low brow. If you look at pictures of me when I'm 18, it's the same brow. And every doctor has always said you can't do Botox in your forehead because of your low brow. It'll make your brow fall basically into your eyes. So that's what I've always been told, but you're telling me something. I think you can do a very subtle approach to Botox and you can actually use Botox to get a brow lift of the lateral third of the brow. So it kind of depends what you want. Right, but then I just heard you speak yesterday saying how a flat brow, which would you say I have a flat brow, (laughs) is more youthful. I love that you follow my life and times because I was at the Aesthetic Society meeting in New Orleans and I gave a whole talk on eyebrows. And um, it is true. I think that a flat, low, full brow is more youthful and a high, arched brow is kind of more more feminine and beautiful. And so you have to... Figure out which altar you worship to, youth or beauty. So I have a flat brow though, right? You can't choose. You can't have it all. You cannot have it all. You You can either be youthful or beautiful. Ooh, guys, youthful or beautiful. (laughs) I'm kind of going youthful. In LA, everyone chooses beauty. It's like the super high arched Kendall Jenner, Bella Hadid, like really dramatic. And it's beautiful. But what's that going to look like in your 30s and 40s? It looks more like, you know, Maleficent, which is still pretty, but in a different way. I'm just not into women that can't move their foreheads. Someone said to me in LA once, they were like, oh my God, it's so crazy. You have so many like lines in your forehead when you, when you, when you talk. I'm like, first of all, that's rude. A, that's rude. And B, it's so shocking when people see people in LA that have that. So it's shocking. So someone just like blurted it out to me. I knew this person, so it wasn't, you know, totally crazy, but it's a crazy thing to say. Yeah. You don't say that guys. If you, you notice someone's fine lines, you don't. Talk about well, they're not them, right? fine. They're quite deep, actually. Like when I raise, because my muscles are quite strong, no. So when I raise, like they're there, and I don't love them, but at the same time, 
I'd rather have a forehead that moves, but I feel like we could steadily deal with it. We can totally, you we know, sidebar with it. It's a myth. So here's here's my thing about Botox. When Botox first came out on the market, it was all about what's the most we can do with it. Like how smooth can we get you? Yeah. How how many lines can we erase? How and flat can that forehead like, be? And it's like it was sort of this like you know you want to test your limits. It's like when you get a new car, how fast can this thing go? But now it's more like how nuanced can we be with it and how delicate and how subtle can we be with it. But women Botox. in LA look older, I think. Yeah. I think they're like the women I know that are doing a lot. Um, and I know you say it's all about the injector, not the, uh, not the, not the product, not the yeah, product. Not the syringe. It's not but women yeah. in LA. I believe not all, but a lot of them, they look older than they actually are because they're yeah. doing too much or doing the wrong thing or that overly Botox forehead makes you look older. Yeah. And too much filler. I think there's this epidemic of like a puffy filler face going around and like a waxy laser face. But you, like ladies, you know, it's like tell your friends, thing. here's the problem. Like I'll tell my friends if my friends get some bad injections or too much filler under the eye or whatever, I say, girl, get that removed. Girl, get girl, it out you of gotta, there. We gotta be honest right? with our girlfriends it, because that we're not doing our girlfriends justice by just being quiet and letting them walk around with these crazy faces. No, we you have, have to be a real friend. You have right? to be a real friend and say you are overly Botox. You need to fly to New York and you need to go see that Dr. Devkin. She's not gonna. <laughs> she's not gonna do that to you. No, because looking at you, like you look so young. How do you have five kids and this crazy Six. job? Six kids. Oh my god. And a husband. And this but crazy full time job. He'll get mad job. if I refer to him as a kid. It's it's wild, and you look so young. Oh, you're so sweet. See, oh. I've captured that on my Insta Live and on podcasts. So oh, and this awful gonna... light, guys. It's the worst light I've ever seen in here. I don't. I feel like there's. This is this is not doing me any favors today. Well, this I... is like that. This is the Arco Floss lamp. You're supposed to be really happy that you're under oh, is a this... design element. Oh, so this is good light. Well, no. it's it's a fancy light. Oh, it is. Yeah. Okay, my lines are chill in this light. <laughs> yeah, you're because lighting is everything. Oh my God. So I want to talk to you about mm -hmm. this because um, you are, well, so you're so many things. You wear so many hats. You're an actress. Mm -hmm. You're a model. You're, well, you know. You know, you're a I do. social media force to oh, be reckoned thank with. Thank you. And, creative um, director of Bumble. Creative director of Bumble. Yeah. Um, which is so cool. I don't know what we should talk about first. What well, should we I talk about? I don't know. I mean, listen, I think that like women right now are having, um, the conversation that women are really having right now is how um, you, we don't have to be put in this box that I think that we've, we've always been like, okay, I'm either going to be a doctor or I'm going to be a lawyer or I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom or I'm going to be this. We're living in a time now where you can do it all. You can be one of the top plastic surgeons, but you can also have this incredible skincare line and you can also have your books and you can also lecture and you can also, you can do it all. And, and we're seeing that more and more. I mean, even with like actresses, right? It used to be like, if you would go and, um, uh, do a commercial or write a book, you'd be like, Oh, her acting career obviously isn't going well. Right. But now you can act, you can have a lifestyle brand. You can also be a great mom and a good, it's so freeing. Right? It's so because freeing. And that you could do whatever you want. But this is new. I mean, I think at yeah. least with, you know, the women I know, this is, this is new. So I'm creating TV shows and I'm, you know, picking up my kid from school, but then I'm also working at Bumble and it's, it's amazing. And I, I think we need great, you know, um, partners to support us if we couldn't do it without yeah. our partners. And I think men has been really supportive. He seems he so is nice. really supportive, but like, I think men, you know, men are getting a bad rap right now. Like we're yeah. really hard on the men and 
we need men. I need I need men. I'm like as much as I'm like women hear me roar with girl power. Absolutely, but we need our men too. Totally. And there are a lot of good guys out there, and I think there's a lot of shitty guys. Can you say shitty? Yeah. And and they've like taken all the good guys down with them. Joel, Joel Parkman gave us our explicit rating, so there's no going oh, back. Okay, you can Once say you it. get explicit, it's like that's oh my it. God, she's so funny. Yeah. She. There so were like funny. a few f words, so we're 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 done. So go ahead. But it's all about a support system, you know. You totally like, need a support system and I do agree with you that you know I have four out of my six kids are boys and as the mother of sons and daughters I think Mm -hmm. about this a lot because obviously I think that women are awesome and can do whatever they want but you know men are awesome too and so awesome my my little boy my seven-year-old came home from school one day and was upset because he saw a girl at school wearing a t-shirt that said um girls rule boys drool Oh my and god! And he was like really upset about it. We're and he's not like, like he's like, I'm not dumb. I don't drool. Yeah, and we're I'm not like, lifting our women up by putting the men down. Like right. that's not how it works. Right, and it like that's funny because prior to having sons, I would have seen that shirt and been like, oh, that's clever. I'll get that for a daughter one day. And now I'm like, You're like, hey, hurts wait a my minute, son's my son's not drooling. <laughs> he's just as great as your daughter. Totally. Yeah, that's so funny. Um, okay, so tell me about your. Um, TV stuff that you have going on and um... oh my god well you know I was just sort of like an actress for hire for many years since I was 18 like that's what I did and I got um lucky early on I got um a starring role in this big movie and it was supposed to be like this huge movie with a big budget and Owen Wilson was starring in it and Morgan Freeman and I was the female lead and I auditioned you know a thousand times and I beat out all these girls and I started really buying into the hype I was like oh my god I'm gonna be the next Cameron Diaz that's what people are telling me this is crazy the movie made like four dollars what was it called it was called the big bounce nobody saw it literally maybe my parents saw it everyone <laughs> check it out the big bounce yeah, check it out. please actually don't check it out it was a disaster I was so grateful for oh, the experience yeah. but I I it was like one of those situations where you just I don't know, you, you, you buy into it too much and you sort of lose sight of everything else. And I had to kind of go reevaluate what I was doing. And I started um, like auditioning for TV shows. I was like, all right, so I'm not going to be a movie star. So <laughs> I'll audition for TV shows. And I did a bunch of television shows. And I was happy, but I wasn't like fully living my truth. You know, it was good and it paid the bills and it gave me purpose. But I was like, there's something missing. Like I don't go to set happy the way that I know I could be and um, my sister and I created a show together called Barely Famous and which is so funny it, it was I don't know if you guys yeah, have seen really this but funny. it's like a hilarious show you guys are it's really funny you're not only beautiful and charismatic but really funny well we were so you know living in LA you're surrounded by just and I'm sure in New York too but yeah. I don't know as and much. I grew up in LA and so I LA? yeah I went to Harvard Westlake you went to Harvard and, Westlake yeah oh, I know Westlake girl <laughs> there's just so you know people come to LA to for many reasons but there's this this notion that you come to LA um to get famous right it just can happen you walk down the street and you get famous or you whatever so we wanted to do a show kind of poking fun at that poking fun at fame and the desperation for it and the lengths you'll go to do it and the hypocrisy of people saying one thing and doing another and we thought we would write a comedy um poking fun at it not poking but at people but poking fun of it and it was great we had two seasons and it sort of became this like um 
I don't want to say cult classic. That's I shouldn't refer to my own things as that. But um, we got you know it incredible reviews. We got yeah. you know the New York Times said it was like the blonde curb your enthusiasm. It really totally really nice. Well, and what I that, think of it kind of like um, like Odd Mom Out too, the Jill Carmen show. Right, sort of like I know one of these like moments in time that's total zeitgeist yeah. like gold, and it is kind of I know but that came out after ours. I remember people being like, "That's like the East Coast version." Totally, and people love that Odd Mom Out show. Loved it. And Barely Famous was so the LA, you know, know. the LA counterpart. I know. It was, listen, it was fabulous. It was, well, what it did was it really, um, it, it ignited this, this passion for creating my own content. And now I don't really want to be an actress for hire anymore. I mean, granted, if like the marvelous Miss Maisel had a part for me, I would take it tomorrow. But I really only want to be in things that I'm writing and producing and developing from the ground up. And I never had the confidence to do that or to think that it was even a possibility. Um, So now I feel like I'm finally sort of living my truth as an artist. And I am producing things for other people that I'm not in and working with my sister on almost everything, but not all because she's, um, she's writing a movie right now that I'll end up producing. It's kind of like whatever I do, she'll be a part of whatever she does. I'll be, you know, vice versa. Um, It's challenging working with family. Yeah, but you guys seem to pull it off so well. We do, but we, behind the scenes, there's a lot of, you know, communication. Because we have to stay on top of it at all times. Because, listen, you're not just dealing with a coworker. You're also dealing with the baggage of a childhood, right? Right. So, So it's not, there's just, there's so much there. Who's younger and who's older? She's younger. She's 18 months younger. And did you boss her around when you guys were growing up? You know, no, I was actually, I was sort of, I don't want to say I was an introvert, but I was, I kind of always wanted to be an only child. I was really upset when my parents decided to have more kids. <laughs> so I sort of just acted like I was the only child. I, I, I was gone all the time at like 13. I just was like always with my friends. And it's, I look back now, I'm like, oh God, I kind of missed out on that sisterly thing that, that most people have. We, I didn't really have that, but now as we're older, we do have it. You know, we got, we actually got close in our twenties. We weren't that close growing up. That's so interesting. I know we don't talk about that a lot, but The first time I saw you guys, you kind of have to look and like try to figure out if you, I mean, or Obviously, you look a little different, but you seem so close in age that it seems like fraternal twins. I know. I mean, but we have such a different... I mean, it's so funny, like, out of all my sisters that I was the first person to have kids. Like, I had my first daughter when I was 29 years old, and I was the most selfish person. I... We... No one would have thought that I would be the first one to to do it. Um, I I still can't believe I have two children. It's unbelievable. How do you balance motherhood with like all of these different gigs? Because you're all we were talking about this offline too, but you're always traveling like I am, and and you have a lot of stuff on your plate, and it's not that easy. And I don't. Sometimes I think I'm not juggling it well. I don't know. I don't know if you can. Does something always have to suffer? I don't know. I think like you can say, well, my relationship is suffering, but then I'm in a good relationship, and we've been together 15 years. So even though the we're not spending as much quality time together. I think it's it's still good because we have a solid foundation, but like we're not spending that much time together. He travels, I travel, the kids miss me. When I'm home, I try to put the, the phone down. I try to have it, you know, quality versus quantity. 
I try. It's not easy. It's so not my, easy. Yeah. No, like I start on the email like first thing in the morning. I almost think that we're prisoners to this digital life that we've got ourselves into because while it opens up so many possibilities and the whole world has become so small, we're all so bound to our phones and emails and Instagrams and you know text messages that you like can't ever unplug. I think about it all the time. 15 years ago, there were, you know, top plastic surgeons and movie stars and writers and this like they lived their life they went through their day they couldn't they weren't able to get a hold of 24 7 and they were just fine I mean listen as much as social media I think has has been a huge part of my branding and I'm so grateful for it and it's um it's been fabulous I think I'm less productive for sure. Yeah, I mean, right? instead of... I know. Those screen time reports, I'm like, get this off my phone. I don't need to be confronted with these facts. Listen, I used to read more. I don't read as much as I used to. Yeah. Instead of picking up a book, like, I'll go on Instagram or I'll go to ShopBop. <laughs> <laughs> my ShopBop app or whatever. Like, it's... it's. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I wonder what I would be getting... I mean, I feel like I'm getting a lot done, but I think I'd get so much more done without that thing. Yeah, that's so funny. I mean, not you. You shouldn't talk. You're a renowned surgeon. You're doing just fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the point of, your point is totally well taken. Um, tell us what you're doing with Bumble. So Bumble is, it is such a, it's just been the greatest thing that has come into my life and my sister's life. You know, we were hired Whitney Wolf, who is the founder. She's not even 30 years old. She's awesome. No, no, she's she brilliant. Is, she's kind. She's beautiful. She's like she's a force. I totally admire her. She is such a force. Um, she hired us to speak um, at the Bumble Hive here in New York a couple years ago. Um, she she was really all about giving back to her users in any way she, you know that she can. So the Hive was putting together activations where um, you know interesting people would come and they'd speak and they'd drink and whatever. So we came and we spoke and it was like a two hour long just incredible evening where um, Aaron and I really related to all these women on so many different levels on like what it's like to be ghosted and dumped and date and kids and business and there was just this sort of synergy that was just and you know Whitney moderated it so we finished and she was like we got to have you guys involved in Bumble like let's figure out um, what make sense and and how you guys feel like you can be effective and how we can help you and blah blah and we landed on sort of being heads of creative and in layman's terms it's sort of like we curate their vibe and we came on to launch bumble biz which is like a linkedin for women right which is um instead of going it, it it's become normal now right to find a date online it's like it just rolls off your tongue you're like oh I met him on Bumble I met him on this I but met, it wasn't I met him on that it was not always yeah. that way people were so embarrassed and about I never it. did that I like no, narrowly escaped app-based dating but now it's like this it's a is, thing this, it's, it's a totally thing normal. it's normal and I think we're heading into the direction of it being normal to say oh yeah I got I found my job on Bumble Biz or I met my best friend on Bumble BFF you know there's a whole arm of Bumble which is Bumble BFF which not everybody is as fortunate as us to have their sort of like squad of girls that they grew up with or that they have. Yeah. Like, girlfriends are everything. I don't know what I would do without my team of girls. Like they lift me up when no one can lift me up. And um, so anyways, so 
two years ago we launched Bumble Biz and we do everything from like curating activations um, around the country to launching social media campaigns to um, doing appearances. It's just sort of like we're available and for all of it and they're also very understanding that we have other jobs and um, it works. It just, it really works and there are like 60 million active users now. And so in awesome. India and 150 countries and um, every time you swipe now, they um, they donate money to um, charity. I mean, it's really, she is all about just making the world a better place. Which is so cool. The thing I love most about Whitney's story is that she kind of started this whole major phenomenon based on a really bad situation. A really bad situation. And, and I think that that's really cool because all of us have horrible things happen to us, but not everybody recovers and rebounds so well. Right. She just sort of recovered. She she pivoted and look at her now. Yeah. That's and like she didn't awesome. set out to create a billion dollar app. Like that wasn't, right? Where we, I mean, I all the time, I'm like, what is my billion dollar idea? <laughs> what is it? Wait, I have like, I have an idea every day. I'm pitching ideas all the time. Um, I'm like, just put me on Shark Tank already um she didn't you set... would be the most hilarious shark actually you, you should be a shark oh a shark, a shark. i don't oh my god well that would be uh maybe one day yeah maybe one day but uh she didn't set out to do that she genuinely had such a horrific experience at tinder that she just wanted to create something her original idea was an app called merci which was all about just giving compliments to people right because like the littlest compliment can just make your day better right mm-hmm. And she, you know, I'm not going to go into it. It's such a long story and anyone can Google it and read about it. But yeah, she we're landed. Have, we'll have her on yeah, the podcast. Yeah, you got to have her. It, it, and she'll <laughs> explain it. But, um, but anyway, so Bumble, what it's also done is it's put Aaron and I in the tech space. And now we're investing. We're um, investors of four different companies, all female founded. And we're sort of, that's where our head's at right now. We look for incredible female founders who we um, connect with and we are investing in them. That's so cool. I know. It's really fun. We're just, we're really excited. We just invested in this new company, um, Bev, which is canned rosé. This woman, Alix, um, is the founder and I think you'll be seeing a lot more of it. We'll come back and talk about that another time. Yeah, definitely. But but this whole, uh, this new thing we're doing is, it's exciting. That's really exciting. I know. And it's really cool because I really admire how you haven't been put into any box. No. It's so easy to look at public figures and celebrities and people in Hollywood and and feel like, oh, well, you know, that's that person. That's their niche. That's their one thing. Not anymore. Um, And not anymore. Not anymore. I know. And people will say that, like, you're the creative director of Bumble. Or people, you know, it'll get back to me that people will be like, that's so this. It's so that. It's like people are just such haters, right? What do you do? Yeah, that's like you're an actress. Like you, you're a show. You had a show, uh, but then now you're doing this. It's like instead of going and I mean, those are that's just a few people. I you know most people are like most so incredible. How do you, you know, how do you, uh, how do you do it or whatever? But you know, it's like when men say awful things to me online, it doesn't upset me. It's weird. It doesn't you know because there's trolls and people will write me all the time. And when men say things, it doesn't hurt me for whatever reason. When women say things, it hurts me. It actually, like, women affect me more than than men do. And we have to be so cognizant of it. Like, we, we when we can um, support each other, like, great things can happen. 
Yeah. What do you? What advice do you have for people about cyberbullying and internet trolls? Because yeah. it's something that like. There are kids now who are literally committing suicide because they're getting bullied on social media, on their Facebook page or their Snapchat or Instagram. Oh, God. I mean, that's such a that's such a big conversation. I mean, like, the obvious thing is you have to go towards, like, they're unhappy, the person making these comments. Like, they're the people that are unhappy. You can't let it affect you, blah, blah. But I really do think if you, if you, if you stop and think, like, when I feel the urge to have like a negative thought about somebody or like you know what's what is she what's her deal or whatever it's usually I'm usually like um if I'm being really honest I'm usually I don't want to say threatened but I'm it's usually not a jealousy thing but I'm usually wrapped up I'm usually yes I'm usually triggered by people who who are doing something that I wish I was doing Mm -hmm. you know like there was this woman that she's an actress and she wrote a book and she this and I was like Deep down, like, I know I kind of want to write a book, but I've been too scared to do it. And instead of going, instead of having the thought of, like, she's so amazing, I have the thought of, like, oh, well, what is she? Just, like, kind of something yeah, negative like, that I yeah, have. Yeah, like, what, and then I what felt, makes her, what gives her the... Yeah, right, and then whatever, I, and I right. felt so guilty, I've, you know, but I'm being really honest about that. And I think when we put other people down, there's something triggering... There's, it's like a trigger of jealousy in mm-hmm. some way, you know? I mean, this my little daughter was being bullied, my little eight-year-old daughter... Oh. And I mean, a bully that, that that's, you know, we have to be careful with the word, how yeah. we use the word bullying, you know, because bullying is such a real thing and yeah. it's something that is so serious. But there's that, a spectrum too, but, but there's it, star- a, it starts with like a little snide comment. I yeah. know. And girls are vicious. It's funny. You know, the boys in school, they'll just sort of duke it out and like kick each other or whatever. But the girls like go for the jugular. The girls say mean What happened things. with your eight year old? Just little girls already get this age, like you're ugly you're this, your stomach's that. I mean, like, little eight-year-olds are talking like this. It's completely... What is the world coming to? What is the world coming to? What the hell? But what I realized is this little girl that was, like, bullying my daughter, she really just wanted to be her friend. That was sort of, like, I got to the root of it because I went to that school and I was like, let's talk, you know? (laughs) I'm, like, a very, I'm one of those moms, like, get over here. I have something to say to you. And what I really realized is she was being mean to my daughter because she just wanted to be her friend. And she felt like my daughter wasn't um, being her friend. And that's all she wanted. And now they're friends. And it's over. And it's over. Yeah. That's crazy. Boys are the worst. Yeah, I know. It's interesting. Like, the internet gets so many trolls. I often find this... You know, sometimes I'll post a before and after photo of a total stranger who has been so kind that they want to share their experience with the world for education or interest or whatever. And that's brave to put your face out there that you're having plastic surgery. Completely brave and a totally next level and very generous of spirit for someone to do that. And then idiots on the internet will be like, oh, well, you know, her breasts look good, but her belly is still fat and it's just like no that is not acceptable the person making <laughs> that, is that totally comment, not acceptable the person making that comment is probably feeling like there are things about themselves that they would love to change totally. and they wish they could be in here having these procedures or whatever it is and instead of just saying oh it would be my dream to be able to come and fix this thing that I haven't liked they're hating on someone that gets to do it yeah. Right? I mean, who goes online and says another person is... You know, I posted this picture the other day on a much, like, you know, lower, lesser scale than, you know, body shaming. 
And it was just like this silly picture of me in a bathing suit because I'm working with this bathing suit company, Somersault, which is amazing. Oh, I saw those amazing. actually. They, you yeah, look good. you look great. And listen, I have two kids. I work out. I, you know, I'm, I, I'm thinking allowed to post like pictures yeah. like that. And someone wrote me, and they were they started criticizing my hair, and they were they ended it by saying, "Do better." And it's like, are you joking? I'm so <laughs> sorry that listen. I woke up in the morning. I'm not doing like hair and makeup before I post pictures. I post pictures where I have. No makeup on, pimples, like all of it. And you're totally flawless, by the way, I've, with like your completely fresh face today. I've got nothing. Travel. I have nothing. If, if anything, I have like mascara from last night that I didn't fully get off. <laughs> that I didn't fully get off. But people are, are, are just vicious, and I don't, I don't know what the, I don't know what the, I don't know what we're supposed to do about it, but. It doesn't affect Erin. It's funny. She really, oh, really? No. Things just, it's weird. She's like, who cares? Why do you let that bother you? I'm like, it really upsets me. It hurts my feelings. She probably has the right idea, though, because, you know, we shouldn't let this but stuff like, get under think our about, skin. like, what endears you to people, right? It's endearing when, like, if a woman comes up to me who maybe in the past I've been like, oh, I don't know if I really like her or whatever. If a woman comes up to me and is like, can I just say... That I find you to be so funny, and or or I love your top, or I'm automatically just, I'm just endeared to her. Out of like the littlest sort of um, compliment or the littlest bit of of interest, it's it's endearing. Like it doesn't take much, I think, as women for us to be endeared to each other, and it's so much easier to just give a compliment or say something nice. Yeah. Like, right? It's it's easy. Totally easy. And like, if a woman comes up to you and is like, maybe there's a woman that you're like, oh, she's kind of annoying or whatever, <laughs> and comes up to you and goes like, can I just tell you what you're doing is so amazing. Like, you're going to love her. Yeah, of You're going to be like, oh, that thing I thought about her, I'm such a jerk. <laughs> right? Yeah, you can make it go. I think and you can make it go lesson. away. You can recover so quickly. You can quickly. recover. So whatever toxic stuff you have going on in your life, you can recover it really quickly by just... Digging deep and bringing some kindness to the situation. Maybe not with men, but with women. <laughs> with women. With we men, can... we're not sure. We're going to get back to yes. you on that so the if next there's episode. That, yeah. If there's that woman that you kind of are on the outs with or that, you know, has bummed you out in the past and you're kind of in a thing, write her an email. Send her a text. Be like, I don't want to fight with you. I like you. I want to be your friend. I'm sorry for whatever, whatever. And, like, magic can happen coming from that. Totally. I never operated, though, from that place. Like, in my 20s, I was like, I held a grudge like I can't even tell you. I was, like, <laughs> such a hater. And in my 30s, I'm like, nope, not going to. It's a good decade, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my the God. The 30s are a great decade. The 20s are wasted on the 20-year-olds. I know. <sighs> Imagine all the, like, youth and beauty <sighs> of being a teenager and a 20-something. You, like, can't, you fundamentally cannot appreciate it oh. on some level. I would look in the mirror in my 20s and just, I remember, I would, I used to be upset that my face was too full okay I used to look at like Giselle and these models and be like how do I get those chiseled whatever because I had a very full face I didn't lose my baby fat till I was like 26 and yeah. it was so upsetting and but, now I would do anything to get my baby what? fat back. I actually think there's a, such an elegance about the 30s and losing a little bit of facial fat does give you that beautiful model-esque bone structure and the cheekbone and the cheek sulcus shadow and so I don't think people have to like always want to be in their 20s. I got to tell you, my I feel better way better in my 30s, my late 30s, I'm 38 than than in my 20s. Totally. I feel like I look better, I feel better. And a lot of my friends who are in their 40s look better than they did at 30. Yeah. Totally. Like it's incredible. 
you know, you can just do a couple little tweaks here and there. And that's that's, things, that's yeah. all you need, right? Exactly. What are we gonna do about my brow, my low brow? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back to the important stuff. We're gonna talk about that. We're gonna help it. But you know, at least you have the like kind of youthful, full low brow. Actually, you have a really nice brow. Really. And I think that that's more of the trend. The like kind of Taylor Hill, Natalia Vodianova, kind of lower, fuller brow with a little bit of a lateral arch. I think it looks really I have good. a long lip, though. I've been obsessed with long lips and this lip lift procedure. I know. Wow. I just did a lip lift this morning. Fascinating. And, um, you can just... So you in, you um, decrease the filtral distance or the distance between the nose and the mouth, and it just gives you a little bit more of this youthful ratio between the nose and the mouth and the mouth to the chin. But what's that scar? That's like it a life really scar. Well, yeah, it does heal really well on select patients, but I'll just go ahead and tell you that you don't need a lip lift. I heal really well. She doesn't need a lip lift. I had my boobs done, and you can't even tell. Like, there's no scar. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I can't feel my nipples anymore. You could take a jackhammer, and I'm not going to feel it, which is really upsetting. Um, do you go through the nipple, or you go under? Um, I prefer in the inframammary fold, um, like right under the breast. Yeah. Preserves a little more sensation. Okay. Wish what wish I wish I knew next time. Well, where can people find you? I could talk to you all day, oh, but God. you know. This so, is too fun. Do you think people are still listening or did they turn us off? Um, I am not sure, but <laughs> for your oh, mom, we're not live. We're not live. No, we're not live. Oh, we're okay. not live. Um, for anyone who's still listening, yeah. where can they find you? Oh, where can they find me? I'm staying at the Bowery Hotel. <laughs> Which room? Come to my room, room 305. Um, uh, they can find me, oh, like on my social media? Yeah. Oh, just my Instagram, Sarah Foster. Sarah Foster, yeah. I know. That's well, it. thanks so much for being here. This was amazing. Thank you. And stay tuned for more. We can't wait to see what projects you're up to next.